0: This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor.
1: And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Wednesday the 23rd of June 2021.
0: Well, a hallmark of the pandemic here in Australia, Norman, has been lockdowns. We had the first sort of nationwide lockdown in... April or whenever it was last year. It feels like such a long time ago. And then there's been different lockdowns in different parts of the country since then and notably in Victoria. But what we've seen is differences of maybe philosophy in terms of what triggers a lockdown. And one thing that's caught our interest this week is that there seems to be a relatively quick-growing outbreak in Sydney, but they're not locking down at this stage. They're just managing it. So what triggers a lockdown and why does it seem to vary across jurisdictions?
1: Well, there is just a natural variation. When I say natural variation, there's a variation according to politics, expectations of the communities. And some of it's just not easy to explain, but I think it's relatively easy to explain now, um, with the New South Wales outbreak versus Victoria. Victoria went to lockdown. What was it, the fourth lockdown? I think that um, that they've experienced, and they went to lockdown because of the gaps. So you had the Woolert man, and you had a gap, and case number five, then case number one remember all that? I mean, it's, it's as if it's a year ago. But you, <laughs> but you had a significant gap there in the middle where you really weren't quite sure what was going on. I think the last time Queensland went into, a, Brisbane went into a lockdown, it was the same thing. There was a gap where you just weren't sure what was happening. You could have a virus circulating. In those days, it was the, uh, in Brisbane, it was the British variant, the the Alpha variant, which was more contagious, is more contagious. And in Victoria you had the Kappa, which is more contagious, a bit more contagious than the British variant. So you've got these these worries of it circulating and you're not and you're getting more and more cases popping up. you are able to tie them down, but there's just this worry that you don't you haven't got the chain of transmission locked away. And that's probably the main reason why Victoria went to lockdown because you just weren't sure, and with a more contagious virus, you just didn't want it to get away from you. And we've seen in Taiwan and in South Korea and in other places, Singapore, even with the clusters there a few weeks ago, it just can get away from you very, very quickly, particularly with these more contagious versions.
0: So you're saying that New South Wales has sort of got it locked off so far, even though the numbers seem big?
1: So far, so far, but it's out there. But so far, they're not picking up too many mystery cases, if any. So there was one yesterday, which probably by the time people turn on CoronaCast today has been sorted out. But by yesterday, there was one case where they didn't know where the person had caught it from, but it was early days and the contact tracers hadn't really locked onto this one fully uh, to, give, to give answers. So I think that is very different. And the chain of transmission has been consistent. They've known with a chain of transmission up in New South Wales consistently throughout this outbreak which is luck as much as anything else and no gaps and with no gaps and as long as you're keeping on top of it numbers can look quite scary. And you might remember on Coronacast, we talked about this, about when Victoria could come out of lockdown and how they didn't need to have donut days before they came out of lockdown. They just need to have days where they knew where everything was and they had it tied down. And more cases than not uh, were happening in quarantine. Victoria quarantined a lot of people. And New South Wales is quarantining a lot of people so that the ideal is that when they become positive they've already been away from other people for quite some time and that's a situation where they're getting to new south wales so there probably isn't a case for lockdown at the moment but more surprises then lockdown would have to be um would have to be on the cards and they probably should have gone to city-wide greater sydney wide with masks several days ago because You still really don't know whether the virus is circulating and nothing would have been lost just to say the whole of Greater Sydney, everything indoors, all public transport everywhere to be wearing masks rather than what was initially done, which was just in certain suburbs.
0: It does feel like you can't just be slamming people in and out of lockdown indefinitely, which it seems like not that we'd be in and out of lockdowns indefinitely, but we're definitely getting our heads around the fact that we're going to be living with this virus for a long time, even once we have good vaccination coverage, as our um, guest from the Burnett Institute mentioned a week or so ago. It feels a bit like the New South Wales approach could be sort of a bit of a model for what our long-term... Well, just you've got to
1: be careful. I I, I don't agree with you. I think that lockdowns are here to stay for the next few months because we're so under-immunised and this could get away from us. The only reason New South Wales is different on this occasion really is luck. It's that there's no gap in the transmission chain. If there's a gap in the transmission chain and you don't know where people are getting it from and you're just not sure whether another surprise is gonna pop up, you do actually have to lock down so that everybody in the community is separated from everybody else to the maximum extent possible and practical. Do that for a few days just in case there are more surprises. And you're better doing that early than late, because once you do it late, you can't pick it up easily. So I gr- I disagree. I think that we are living with lockdown. It's just that at the moment, we are able to track it down. And what that means is the community has got to come along with us on the road to detection, so that there's got to be huge numbers of people getting tested. Even, you know, with the minor, most minor of symptoms, get tested. And that's whether you're listening to Coronacast in Perth, even in New York, our New York listeners, you just got to get tested so that you you can be sure here that you haven't got the virus because we are under-vaccinated, under, unlike New York, which is reasonably well-vaccinated. But you know, vaccination becomes really important here.
0: So it's not really a philosophical difference. It's just a difference in circumstances. That's right. So you mentioned... uh, So
1: we're still friends.
0: (laughs) For now. You mentioned Queensland before Norman and this uh, importance of of identifying the virus when it's in people who perhaps are vaccinated, well, you didn't say that, but that's what I want to talk about next, is this strange transmission between um, the the woman who was a flight attendant on a on a flight from overseas where there was a person who was positive for the virus. She later tested positive to the virus. Turns out she didn't catch it from the person on the flight. She looks like she's caught it in hotel quarantine and it looks like it could be, or at least one of the early working theories is that she could have actually caught it from a surface of a person, uh, the nurse who was um, giving her nose swab, who'd also um, done some work with a different hotel quarantine guest that same day, who has turned out to have the same strain of virus as this flight attendant has ended up testing positive too.
1: Yes. And this is why you've got to be really careful with PPE, is that PPE might protect you, but you've also got to be careful with PPE that it doesn't transmit it. So again, going back a year when we started talking about masks, on CoronaCast, how we talk very carefully about how you've got to be removing the mask, not touching the mask. And that's all about fomites and, and contaminated surfaces, and you can spread it off that, and they can shake off the fomites, which is really just viral particles with dust and stuff like that in the air, that that can be shaken off and travel through the air, and uh, in a sense aerosolized. It's not true aerosolization, but they, they, they get suspended in the air. So how you take off your PPE, whether you change it between seeing somebody that's positive and seeing somebody that's negative, all that's got to be really done obsessionally. And if it's not, you can get transmission. It's not been a common form of transmission, but it certainly can occur.
0: And one of the parts at play in this Queensland case that's really interesting is that it looks like the person that this flight attendant caught it from um, via the nurse, uh, a man from Mongolia, had actually been vaccinated and yet she's managed to catch it from him anyway.
1: Yes. So two or three things here. One is, depends what vaccine he had. Maybe he had uh, one of the Chinese vaccines, which is around about 50% effective. So breakthrough infections are going to be more common in some of those vaccines. But as more and more people become vaccinated, progressively, the majority of COVID-19 infections, SARS-CoV-2 infections, are actually going to be in people who are vaccinated because they progressively will form the majority of the population. So... As we get beyond 50% of the population immunized, let's hope it's soon, then more than 50% of the infection, well, perhaps not quite more than 50%, it won't be pro rata, but a lot of infections will be coming through in vaccinated people just because there are so many vaccinated people and because the vaccines don't prevent all infection. So they're somewhere between maybe 50 and 60% and up to 70% effective at preven- preventing infection. And that means that anywhere between fifty and um, thirty, you know, thirty and fifty percent of people who've been vaccinated are liable to be infected. The issue here is not that you get infected; it's the impact of your being infected on yourself and other people. So, if you get infected and you don't get serious disease, which is in fact what happens when you're vaccinated, the vast majority of people do not get serious disease then it's, a, it's kind of a safe situation. And if you pass it on and the majority of people are vaccinated, then they're not going to get particularly sick. They might get mild symptoms too. And that's the whole thing about, you call it herd immunity or call it just so many people vaccinated. And even when you do get infected, you may not be quite as infectious, although in this situation, clearly the person was quite infectious but but you live in a much safer environment.
0: Right. So it's safer overall. It's definitely safer to the individuals that are vaccinated, but it's not a complete shield.
1: No. And and countries, uh, you, and this is the issue with Astra and needing a booster toward later in the year, is it's probably going to emerge in Britain that they've got a, probably a bit more of a problem with their population and vulnerability to Delta than a Delta infection, I should say, and maybe hospitalisation, although... The issue in Britain is not so much vaccinated people, it's non-vaccinated people. There's still 40% of people not vaccinated at all in Britain. So that's a large number of people who are vulnerable to infection. But it probably does indicate that for people who've been immunizing, Astra is getting a booster towards the end of this year. But that's a thing where we just need more research. But nonetheless, what Astra does, same as Pfizer, is protect against severe disease.
0: And on vaccines, Norman, we've got lots of questions today about vaccination and a few um, that cluster around pregnancy and breastfeeding and whether it's safe to get vaccinated during those periods of life. Natasha and Dee are both asking about whether it's safe to get vaccinated while they're breastfeeding. And Jane wants to know what we know about COVID vaccination in early pregnancy.
1: Interestingly, in the last few days, there's been a seminar on this in Melbourne, at the Women's Hospital in Melbourne. And the conclusion when you look at all the evidence here is that First of all, if you are pregnant, regardless of when you are in pregnancy, you really must get vaccinated, because the outcome if you catch COVID-19 is really poor. If you're pregnant, pregnant women do not do well with the COVID-19 disease. So the recommendation is get immunized if you're pregnant, and there's no indication of early problems uh, with pregnancy. Yes, it's true they haven't followed all these pregnant women through for right you know for you know, after the baby's born and everything that, like that. But previous vaccines have not shown any problems, little to assume that there's going to be a problem here. And breastfeeding is safe too. So the, the idea here is pregnancy, you really should give serious consideration to getting immunised because you do not want to catch COVID-19 and breastfeeding is fine.
0: There's a really good decision-making guide on the Australian Government Health website about this. But basically the upshot is, like you say, Norman, pregnant women, breastfeeding women, uh, it's, it's all, it all pretty much looks like good news when it comes to getting vac- vaccinated.
1: Yeah, and Dee writes, you know, I'm breastfeeding a a one-year-old and starting to wean her. Should I wait till this is done to go for the Pfizer jab? No, just go and get it done.
0: Well, that's all we've got time for on Coronacast today, but we'll be back in your feed tomorrow.
1: See you then.